the simplest commercial baking resource. Brought to you by Bakerpedia and hosted by Mark Florka. With 45 years of industry experience, Mark knows the ins and outs of baking. He is Bakerpedia's community forum manager and baking instructor. He's here to share knowledge and help you grow connections. You're listening to the Baked In Science Podcast. Hey, everybody! Welcome to another Baked In Science Podcast. This one is really going to expand your mind. If you've been looking for something new and interesting and really out of the box or outside of the box, yeah, out of the box too. Listen to this conversation I had with Megan Bozeman of Sugar Labs and 3D Current. You guessed it, 3D food printing. This is awesome. Listen in. This podcast is brought to you by J and K Ingredients. Their clean label mold inhibitor Sormate will keep your cakes and other sweet goods mold-free without the need for artificial preservatives. To learn more, go to www.jkingredients.com today. Well, welcome, bakers. I have today with me Megan Bozeman from Current 3D and Sugar Labs, and this is going to be fascinating and super interesting. Megan, before we reveal all the details of of some of the things that we're going to talk about and how this came about, you've been in the industry for quite a while. So, give us a little bit about your background and how you kind of evolved into Current 3D. Sure. Thank you for inviting me to participate in this. Very happy to talk to you today. So my background is actually very technical. I come from the technical side, and my co-founder and our CEO Kyle von Hasseln comes from more of the design side.、Mm-hmm. So starting with where I came from, I have an engineering degree, mechanical engineering, and I've been in the 2D and 3D printing industry for 25 years. I worked on color printers with Tektronix and then Xerox. Yeah. For- A couple of decades until I, well, I guess about almost two decades. Then I transitioned over to 3D systems and focused on 3D printing,、mm-hmm. specifically what to do with new technology and how to take 3D printing into new spaces.、Mm-hmm. And so I was on the advanced development, the corporate development, the new business side of it when. Kyle, so he invented the technology when he was in graduate school, architectural、wow. school. He was using 3D printers to、mm-hmm. print architectural models, and his thesis was based on 3D printing and、My、so on. My brother's an architect; he would love this. <laughs> well, we have several architects who work for our company. Our designers are primarily architects. Oh, fantastic! So he thought, what would it look like to use sugar? In this 3D printer, he was using the Z-Core binder over powder. So he put sugar in there, and was using that for his models. Much more affordable. He had an occasion for his sister's birthday, and he couldn't bake her a cake. He was a grad student and didn't have an oven, but he thought, "Well, I can 3D print her a sugar cake topper." I love、time. the innovation. I love the. Innovation. <laughs> 
So then he started to think, well, what if this was relevant to that space? Would the bakers get it? Is it too much of a stretch? Threaten their traditional methods and culinary techniques? But he was shocked to find that it really resonated with them. They were looking for new tools, new ways to express their creativity Mm -hmm. and were super excited about it. And he and his wife then started Sugar Lab and it was quickly acquired by 3D Systems. This was back in 2015 Mm -hmm. um, or into 2014, right around then. Mm -hmm. So I met Kyle at 3D Systems. He had been acquired. I was there working on these new spaces and developed the printer that our company is now based around. Wow, fantastic. I want to sort of digress a little bit here on my introduction to 3D and some of the experience I've had to share with you is that the first time I ever saw anything related to 3D printing, and it was in the food industry, was at a tour of a food processor. It was a Sara Lee location. They were using the 3D printers for plastic in their packaging design shop. And this way they could create uh, prototypes of the packages without having to wait two, three weeks for tool and die companies to create a die and and pour a mold and everything else like that. They justified the cost a hundred or maybe even thousands of times over because there was a product that they were shipping and they were able to, by using the 3D packaging, they were able to make the package slightly slimmer in height, enough that they could get more boxes per case Mm. in a case. And then the case was smaller and they could get more cases on a pallet. So a truckload became all of a sudden like 10 or 15% more in terms of shipping volume than they had before. It was kind of like a no-brainer in that sense. It was a product that was not particularly heavy, so they weren't anywhere near the maximum weight limits on the truck. It was just a space issue. And then I did see, it may have been before, imagine it was before current 3D acquired Sugar Labs, because I remember the Sugar Labs name, and I saw it at a food service show. It might have been NRA in Chicago It was either NRA in Chicago or Bakery Showcase in Canada. I can't remember for sure. But I remember seeing these intricate sugar sculptures that were like maybe two inches tall and stuff, just just beautiful, beautiful things. And just thought, this is just incredible, right? And as you mentioned, yes, sugar bakers or pastry chefs and stuff, they have this skill that they can learn of using sugar for sculptures and things like that. But I tell you, it is... Very, very difficult skill to learn. It takes years of practice and a lot of sore fingers because you have to work with this stuff when it's hot. (laughs) And it takes a lot of artistic talent, to be honest, right? And not all of us have that. And so to have something where you can have the artistic idea, but not the talent in your fingers to create it, and then you can create it with this machine is just phenomenal. The thing that caught my eye that sort of spawned this interest in wanting to finally get around to discovering someone from what's now current 3D and and talking to you about this technology is I saw on LinkedIn your 
breakfast croissants were filled with chocolate ganache. So tell us about this. Like, how did it come about and kind of what is it? Yeah, that's a really fun project and a, a good story that defines a lot about who we are as a company and what one of our target markets is. So that product was developed for a client who wanted to tell a story about a new offering they had for their customers. It's an investment firm, not mm-hmm. a bakery. It's a, an investment firm. They don't love have the crossover. <laughs> right. And they just developed a new app that would allow their customers to access their services 24 7. So that's mm-hmm. their message. They wanted to roll out this new product and send a gift along with them that said, Hey, this app is going to be with you throughout the entire day. We're mm-hmm. with you the entire day. And so they want to develop a gift. So we created a 15 piece kit for them. Mm-hmm. That was three pieces that were for breakfast. So the croissant mm-hmm. was part of that. And we also did two caramel apples to go ah. for breakfast. The next one was for a coffee break. And it was their custom tumbler with their logo on it, plus a sugar cube. And then wow. they had a midday item. So we had mm-hmm. three pieces that were bonbons that had different flavor ganache in them. And then mm-hmm. they had a dinner bonbon that were two sushi filled ganaches, sushi pieces filled with ganache with a green tea cup. And then they had an end of the day celebratory sugar cubes and one more bonbon. And then we put that together for them in a gift box that they had a, a menu laid out with a message about what their promotional was. And so, beautiful. so there was no way that they could have delivered something like that without outsourcing it. So you were talking a lot about 3D printing. And one of the things that we do as a 3D printing food company is leverage all the things that 3D printers allow you to do. And that's fast turnaround Mm -hmm. and without tooling. So you can imagine these 15 pieces, about 10 different designs in that box that we could quickly iterate on, share an image with the client, and then just change it because you have no tooling. It's all digital. So we're a fast turnaround for both design as well as then printing and delivering. And it's custom. That is awesome. That is that is incredible, right? The only thing food-related that I've had the opportunity to work on was with engineering students at uh, the University of Illinois. I still was working with ADM in, in Decatur, Illinois, and they were using a 3D printer with a cylinder of a, call it a batter, almost a dough-like batter, and then a heated print head to print a dog biscuit, a dog treat. So the idea behind it is to be able to, for the consumer to be able to formulate a custom dog treat, whether it be for nutrition or medical or whatever that is available in the machine, and then go shopping at PetSmart while it prints the cookie. And then they would come back and have a custom cookie with Rover's name on it and stuff. So it was part of their project that they had at year end. It was a fun thing to work on. So my end of it was, of course, helping with coming up with a formula that would somewhat resemble real world nutrition of that with the dog, because I'd worked with our companion animal group a lot, then, you know, kind of see, well, how can they get it hot enough for a kill step in terms of, you know, killing off the bacteria and stuff like that? Or would they have to print it and bake it? So they did manage to get it hot enough that it cooked the starches and everything. And it was really cool. You told me already about how you got started in 3D printing. So what other curious projects or interesting projects do you think that you might be able to share with us to spark ideas like what you did with that investment group? That is incredible. I don't know how you're going to top that. What other things have you kind of done in that space that you've seen that's interesting? 
where we are today versus where we started three years ago, mm-hmm. we have developed applications we hadn't even contemplated at that time. New ingredients. I'll share a few of those with you and what we're also doing some R&D around. But really, there's still such a long road ahead of what can be done. And that's Mm -hmm. where we invite creative people to come and contact us and join us and help guide what it is people want to do. And that's one of the things that we actually did early on is we brought chefs onto our team. I'm the technical, Kyle's the designer, and we have several other architects as designers. But what's been the secret weapon and core to what we've become is half our team are chefs. They run the kitchen. One is a customer support manager that helps develop projects with clients and we have R&D chef and a couple then that also actually do the filling of our bonbons. Mm-hmm. And they are very important for helping us create new flavor profiles and what these applications mm-hmm. are going to be. This podcast is brought to you by J&K Ingredients. Their clean label mold inhibitor, Soarmate, will keep your cakes and other sweet goods mold-free without the need for artificial preservatives. To learn more, go to www.jkingredients.com today. One of the things we didn't even contemplate three years ago were that you can use these Mm -hmm. as shells. So... We originally started just printing them as food decoration and drink garnishes and maybe flavor your drink. And then we realized you can do a whole lot more, but we need to figure it out and then share with people, help get those creative Mm -hmm. wheels turning. And so Mm -hmm. we had an R&D chef. We sent her lots of shells and different things and said, what can you do with these? And so she started filling them with different ingredients, Mm -hmm. baking with them, uh, filling them with mousse. And just starting to really push the limits. And we decided to start filling these with chocolate. And that's why we have a half of our products on our sugarlab3d.com website are uh-huh. chocolate bonbons. Our chefs have a heyday with developing flavors for those ganaches. We want them to be as creative on the inside as those bonbons mm-hmm. are on the outside. So our first product was our strawberry covered chocolates. So we really like to turn things on mm-hmm. its head with what has always been known and just showing that, hey, we can do things completely mm-hmm. different. So instead of chocolate covered strawberries, we're going to print the beautiful strawberry and fill it with a ganache. And our chefs were really motivated to make the flavor just very surprising as well. So we printed the shell in a ginger powder and filled it with a dark chocolate tamarind. Oh, nice. Flour Lovely. Ganache. Yeah. Yeah. Very elegant. We launched it for Valentine's, that first Valentine's. Boy, they were extremely popular. And then they started to have a lot of fun. They're like, well, what? let's print beer cans and do an ale-based ganache. (laughs) Dark chocolate stout ganache. Yeah, you start to give chefs room. They they go crazy sometimes. (laughs) As I've worked in R&D for quite a few years and stuff too, is we often say the thing is you're just going to take a handful of spaghetti and throw it at the wall and see what sticks. You got to have fun with it. That's how creativity and innovation grows is that when you don't shoot down crazy ideas, because as crazy as that idea might be, it will spawn or beget or, or inspire another 
idea, then eventually it already, or eventually it becomes something that is totally realistic and extremely creative. That is really wild. That's really cool. You've mentioned like the ginger powder and that you've created them like shells. So what do you see as the biggest challenges with 3D food printing? What's the biggest difficulties you think you've come across? One of the major challenges with 3D food printing is how to introduce it to the world and have them understand Mm -hmm. its potential. As I explained, we didn't really even know its potential. We're figuring out its potential. Can you imagine people who don't even have access to the technology and the pieces understanding and getting it? So what we did to address that is created our sugarlab3d.com website. That's our consumer brand. And it really is to be used as our communication Mm -hmm. tool to help people understand what you can do with this. You can have it be glitter drink drops. You can have it be pumpkin spice sugar cubes, or you can have them as chocolates or caramels. So what we're doing with our sugarlab3d.com website is it's a marketing engine to help Mm -hmm. people understand what you do with 3D printed food. And then from there, people can engage with us and say, I want to develop my some custom mm-hmm. 3D printed food. Bakers, marketing specialists, caterers, they reach out to us after they see what the possibilities and then they create something custom. So that's been one challenge is just how do you communicate the potential of this? But we've addressed that and allow people to be able to order it taste it, experience it on their own. The other challenge is not everybody wants Mm -hmm. something sweet. And Mm -hmm. so how do you move beyond that? And we have done that. So it's a Mm powder-based printer, which Mm -hmm. means it's basically anything that can be dehydrated can be put into this printer. And then we jet, it's basically a colored water-based ink that solidifies each layer of powder and then you put a roll another layer of powder so you build this up so if you can Mm -hmm. start to envision that that really Mm -hmm. anything dehydrated could be printed in here so we have printed in beet powder we have printed in bouillon our kimchi bouillon is extremely popular on our website and it is very powerful for flavoring ramen or Korean stew. People have a lot of fun bringing this kimchi 3D printed bouillon into their experience. We have printed in lavender and rose petals where we actually crushed them down. And you can see pieces of the fiber still on the final 3D printed product. We've printed with matcha tea powder, candy cat mushrooms, cayenne, gochugaru. And then we've been transitioning as well for some clients into the wellness space with ashwagandha, turmeric, B12. The only limitations you have on the substrate is something that can be dehydrated and that in a sense, you know, it sounds to me like it's almost like you're turning it into a cement so that it's very little water. It's just enough water to fluidize it enough for the printer to create the, the layers and then it it dehydrates and or dries out and and adheres together like cement in a sense, right? Right. Wherever it jets that liquid, our, our base powder that we blend the, these other components into creates basically like you're mm-hmm. saying a, a cement wherever that liquid came into contact and adheres, it dries, and you have so, a solid piece. So for the our shells, start- do you have to make a structure to hold it up and then remove that afterwards, or you're able to just print that three-dimensional hollow? 
Yes, the, we do not need a structure because the powder of, that's surrounding it that did not get the binder, mm-hmm. the liquid applied, it acts as the oh, support cool. structure. When it's all finished, our kitchen staff, they excavate basically mm-hmm. these pieces out of a, a bed of powder. And all the oh, around that piece you've basically combined oh, traditional methods of candy making. I learned how to make, you know, the liquor filled chocolate the old fashioned way, which is essentially you take a sugar syrup that has a fairly high concentration and you add your alcohol flavoring to that. Usually it's a sweet type of liqueur, like a cherry or something like that. You take a bed of cornstarch and you stamp your shape into the cornstarch and fill this liquid in there. And then what happens, you cover it up and you let it sit overnight. Essentially, the sugar on the exterior, that's where the cornstarch is, it crystallizes. So now you're pulling these shells that have formed that are filled with liquid, and now you have to coat them with chocolate. It's one of those things. It's highly skilled manual skill. This removes that again some more and and gives you, by allowing people to be creative without having to have the manual technical practice and skill of many, many years of doing something in a traditional format, not to do away with tradition, but as an alternate for those who want to be able to produce, that is just incredible. You need somebody with the Mm -hmm. vision in the first place to still have know what to do with it and then to create the idea, but then it allows you to scale it and do it in a timely way that now can create identical pieces that are not done by hand. It's really bringing this kind of automation taking the chef's creativity and and design and just automating it. So it's done at hundreds of pieces at a time. So in one of our printers, we typically print pieces about one and a half inches in height, diameter, and so on, and can get a few hundred pieces in the printer and print it overnight, come in in the morning and our chefs now excavate all of these pieces that are precisely identical and Mm -hmm. in color And you don't have to now go and and hand paint, hand ice, the logo, the message on there. I'm really trying hard to stay calm here because it's just it's just so exciting. I mean, the, the things that I see, the opportunities that you're describing and stuff. So, you know, on the surface, the first thing I see is a retail baker or a restaurant or stuff could go to 3dsugarlabs.com. And they could order existing products that you have there available just like for consumers. Right? If they wanted to just use something as a treat, if they had some volume that they needed to produce for an event or something, they could contact you and put their creative juices all together and, and things. And you sell the printers and, and some of them, any special media that goes for that as well? We do. Yes. So in the last year, our company has acquired the technology, Mm -hmm. the printer, the supply, the whole business. We own it now. And so we not only design and sell the printed pieces, we also sell the printers and the material. So we produce the powder and the binder and can help people bring that technology in-house and put it in their own commercial kitchen. And it's NSF certified. It's the very... First and only 3D printer 
that is NSF certified, we wanted to make it very easy for people across the U.S. to purchase it and be able to put it mm-hmm. into their kitchen, their county health permit require all of that. So I, I think I may out. be contacting you to get some information for a friend. Like they do a lot of weddings and they also do a lot of corporate golf events and things like that. So if they have like a special event that they can offer this as a customized, like a little bonbonieri that they could do, just a little treat with dessert or something like that, or even something savory, like you mentioned the kimchi bouillon that they can then right at the table, put their bouillon into the hot water and make their special broth and things like that. The ideas are just incredible. I mean, this is a fantastic technology. I really thank you for taking the time to come on and talk with me because I think this is incredible for bakers to also understand. Like as we are chatting here, I have a background of nutrition bars on the video screen for, you know, as this is an audio podcast. But, you know, I can imagine also you could print a shell like that and fill it with whatever you wanted nutritionally. And so you'd have a very different set of rules that now apply to creating a healthy nutrition bar that has the right texture and flavor and everything else like that. Because a lot of the other things that you would otherwise be constrained by don't apply anymore because you've created a whole new way of delivering that. It's phenomenal. There's a new application, even, you know, before the end of this call. Oh, yeah. And I do want to invite bakers to reach out and contact us. We could even create custom pieces for a Mm -hmm. bakery or caterer that then is kind of on file. And when they want to come and customize it for a client's event, new pattern, new logo, it's like a very fast turnaround because the actual digital design has been done and we just put a new image. There's so much potential for caterers and bakers to just reach out and, and test this and access it. It's even, I'm sure, more cost-effective than getting embroidery stretching on a chef coat or something where you have to pay like several hundred dollars just for that little design setup. Much more return on investment because, you know, when I pay for the stitching on my jacket, all it does is display. It doesn't really give me a lot of return. It's not like something I can sell or garnish my plate with or anything. And this is just so much more effective that way. A chef helped us identify the value Mm -hmm. of cookie Mm -hmm. toppers. So beautiful lace type. It's just a kind of a 2D. It's beautiful. And it has, you can put any pattern, any message on it, and then put it on top of a cookie. And you can either then bake with it on there or what she also did that I just thought looked amazing is put a layer of white mm-hmm. royal icing on and then put these cookie toppers on yep. top of the cookies. And and she explained the labor savings in having to save from her to get extra labor to come in for this event that needed like yeah. 500 by you know mm-hmm. these crazy numbers. And she's like, it's an invaluable, the cost trade-off that a lot of people don't think about. But yeah, there's a lady I, I follow on Instagram. I saw on one of these TV baking competitions on Instagram. She has these little reels, these little video clips of her decorating cookies in time lapse. And you can see if she's making 200 of these for Halloween or whatever, this must take her forever, right? I mean, she does beautiful work. She's very creative, very clean artistry and things. But to your point, like you said, I mean, you could just 
design it in Fusion 360 or whatever and, and send it to the machine and go to bed and have a restful night's sleep and then you put your toppers on your cookies the next day, you're done. Right. Right? That is just fantastic, right? Well, Megan, thank you very much for your time. It's been wonderful meeting you and I really look forward to an opportunity to chat with you more again as more innovation and creativity develops with 3D Sugar Labs and current 3D. It's phenomenal technology. It blows my mind and definitely something we want to encourage our bakers to get into, get more involved with for various things. It's limitless in a sense. We always say that because we lack the words to to kind of really combine everything that this can do in a, in a short space. Well, thank you, Mark. It was a pleasure talking with you today. Well, there you have it. That is innovation at its finest. I just am so excited beside myself, I don't know where to begin. This is just incredible stuff. It is so amazing and it's going to change things and evolve in leaps and bounds. So I hope you enjoyed this as much as I did. As you can tell, I really did enjoy this. Please drop us a line sometime. Let us know your thoughts and what you'd like to hear or who you'd like me to talk to. That's it for another Baked in Science podcast. I'm your host, Mark Florka, and we'll see you in the next one.